Evan Knappen, and welcome to Gun Lawyer. Say, I've been looking forward to this show because I want to I wanna talk about range accidents and dangers. Lots of times these accidents and these dangers end up becoming legal issues, of course, between civil suits and even criminal potential, and then there's... Uh, ability uh, to lose your license, etc. So there's always can be legal ramifications. So you want to really be aware of just how varied and broad range accidents can be. And you got to really keep your wits about you. Anytime you're handling a firearm, you got to make sure that you are really cognizant that you are handling a firearm. And there are Accidents that can happen and dangers that can happen that may be completely unanticipated and not even your fault. Uh, I get it, but if we take steps and try to preempt it, it can make a big difference. What inspired me to talk about this, well, I was just watching one of the videos uh, about a, uh, a freak accident where an individual was shooting his semi-automatic pistol and the hot brass, you know, as it extracted, the brass just bounced off one of the, uh, you know, range dividers when he's shooting into a range. And it, on the bounce, it just happened to hit. He had a box of ammo on the table, like many of us do. And the box had the rounds in, in, a, in the tray where the primers are all up, right, with the rounds all lined up with the primers up and you see the spent shell casing bounce and actually just hit the primer and the ammo with that hot shell just right and explodes the box right in front of them just blows it up i mean what are the odds of that right are they getting that perfect angled hit so it would land in such a way yet there it is on video it happened so, you know, a good idea not to keep your ammo exposed when you're shooting at a range. And I know of a case uh, where uh, at a range and the individual was shooting black powder pistol. Now, this is an outdoor range and shooting a black powder gun. And that's fine. You don't shoot black powder indoors. That's, that's a big problem. But outdoor shooting black powder pistol. And the canister for loading the black powder, maybe you've seen those brass canisters. They look like almost like a teardrop shape, and it would hold the powder, and then it has a little lever so you can pour out the powder. You know, So he had one of those brass canisters, one of the brass powder horns there filled with powder, and that's what he was using for shooting the... Uh, black powder handgun well he was a good two three feet away from this canister and he's shooting the black powder but yet even from that a spark jumped from he was where he was shooting and ignited the brass canister exploding it sending brass shrapnel into his arm and you know cutting him and all and it could have you know easily blinded somebody and caused serious injury literally went off like a bomb now who would think you know being a couple feet away even just shooting with your arm extended and all that that the spark from a black powder could jump to 
that canister on the range table, yet it did. So you see these things and you go, wow, you know, you got to really, really be careful and, and preempt. And by being aware that these kind of things can happen, I'll tell you, you know, a lot of times too, even in training at the range, and here's a story that I know was told to me by someone that was actually there when it happened. Uh, during a training session, this person comes in late to the training session, and uh, they're going to be doing work on weekend drills. So if you're normally, you know, drawing from your right hand holster, well, now you're going to practice drawing from your left hand with a left hand drill. And the idea is if you were to be you know, wounded or injured or something, you could still operate with a left hand. But in order to do this, uh, you had to have a left hand holster. And the person who came there did not come prepared. So there was somebody there that had an outside-the-pants right-hand holster. Now, the firearm being used in this training exercise was a 10-millimeter Glock, right? The Glock 20. And this Glock uh, is very powerful, as you know, the Glock 20. And um, it had, they had a right-hand outside-the-pants holster. But unfortunately, that was for the smaller frame Glock, because the Glock 20 is the larger frame. And this holster was for the smaller frame Glock. And then somebody had the idea, well, look, we can turn it around and put it as an inside-the-pants holster on the left side by putting the belt through it. So now you take an outside-the-pants right-hand holster and make it an inside-the-pants left-hand holster, and you're now using this holster in a way that it was not designed to be used, okay? It's an outside-the-pants, not an inside-the-pants, and it's made for right hand, not for left hand, and it's made for the smaller frame gun, not for the larger frame gun. See the series of mistakes being made here? But so what? We'll still do it. Okay, great. Now, this person happened to be a overweight person, right? Someone who's got some bulk there. And now, trying to put in a Glock 20 through the, uh, past the rolls of fat into an inside-the-pants right-hand holster being used in a left-hand manner for the wrong size gun, guess what? It didn't want to go in real easy. It didn't want to go at all. And in the process of trying to do this, boom, the Glock goes off. And the Glock ends up shooting into this person's buttocks and goes down the buttocks with this uh, hot Glock hollow point and out the leg. So when you have uh, succeeded in shooting yourself in the ass, that's not a great day at the range. Now, my friend was there, and he said, you know, the person was a pretty overweight person there, and, they, and, he, and he said, you know, I was surprised because it wasn't that much blood. He said, but there was a fist-sized ball of fat on the, on the ground. It blew out a fist-sized ball of fat just 
lying there on the range floor. And you know what you call that? You call that a glockosuction. That's what happens when you're not real careful. You can give yourself a glockosuction right in the ass. So I want to warn folks here to not engage in mistakes and repeated mistakes and repeated silliness like this because, you know, use the holster the way it was designed for or don't use it at all. Remember, the gun is loaded as you're putting it in your holster, right? Don't try to force this to occur when it was not made to even be properly used in this matter because what do you think is going to happen? This is a problem and you see it often. You see individuals that get very comfortable with their firearms or just haven't been trained or have some uh, just a lack of knowledge about what will happen, getting into trouble and having injuries or accidents. I mean, I was watching one on YouTube. You could see it where this fellow shooting his 9mm and hot brass goes down the back of his shirt. Now, if you've shot handgun, you probably had hot brass hit you in the face or hit you in the head or land on your hat or whatever, even go down your shirt. Okay, it happens. And when this hot brass went down his back of his shirt, he reacted to try to like, you know, ooh, out, ooh, right, to get it. And in so doing, in twisting and torquing, he shoots himself in the face. Shoots himself in the goes in one cheek and then out the other cheek. And you can Google and see this uh, on video. Look, if a hot brass goes down your shirt, you remember you have a loaded gun in your hand. You can't be doing, you know, the twist when all, when that happens. You got to remember that gun's loaded. Nobody have your finger on the trigger and then have this accident like this. You got to keep your wits about you. Even when something like that is occurring and there's a hot brass down your shirt, you still got a loaded gun in your hand. Folks have got to continue to pay attention at the range because these these accidents end up causing problems for the person who has the accident, even beyond the accident. I've had many times where individuals have accidental discharges or problems and the state goes after them to take away their license, criminally charge them with recklessness. Uh, seen all kinds, you know, lawsuits over the injuries, etc. These are the things. So you got to remember when you're dealing with firearms that every gun is loaded, and you got to treat it with respect, and you got to be conscientious at all times, and just not take for granted uh, this this firearm. It is, um, it's an ongoing thing. I mean, I, I know of a case where an individual had a, a dummy training gun with a laser. And it, he was carrying his real gun with the laser. This is at the range. And he was using the dummy for training. And he had the dummy uh, on his person and wanted to show somebody how this dummy gun worked. And when he reached back, he thought he had the dummy gun, but he had his real gun.
and he put the laser on his hand and pulled the trigger and boom he now had a nice hole in his hand and it even went through his hand into other into others so problem again why you know you have two guns that are similar and one's dummy one's live and even the idea of pointing the gun at your hand to demonstrate the laser is not a good idea even with the dummy gun and you can see how that became yet another formula for a disaster so these are things to really be aware of uh, i had an experience personally with my son when we were shooting the beretta storm and we were just shooting white box nine millimeter out of the beretta storm carbine my son was shooting one round and then another round very slow fire actually of the semi-auto and the gun blew up it literally blew up scared the hell out of me and luckily you know my son had his eyeglasses uh, protective eyewear on and everything because it hit in his face I mean, luckily he wasn't injured but he could have been blinded and it you know, we returned it to uh, Beretta. They said, oh, it was ammunition. No, it fired out of battery. That's what it did. How and why, I don't know. But it was just factory Winchester white box ammo. So accidents, you know, even when you're just doing everything right, so that protective gear is critical. Hey, when we come back, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you how you can burn down an entire pistol range with stupidity. Wait to hear this one. For over 30 years, attorney Evan Knappen has seen what rotten laws do to good people. That's why he's dedicated his life to fighting for the rights of America's gun owners. A fearsome courtroom litigator fighting for rights, justice, and freedom. An unrelenting gun rights spokesman tearing away at anti-gun propaganda to expose the truth author of six best-selling books on gun rights, including Knappen on Gun Law, a bright orange gun law Bible that sits atop the desk of virtually every lawyer, police chief, firearms dealer, and savvy gun owner. That's what made Evan Knappen America's gun lawyer. Gun laws are designed to make you a criminal. Don't become the innocent victim of a vicious anti-gun legal system. This is the guy you want on your side. Keep his name and number in your wallet and hope you never have to use it. But if you live, work, or travel with a firearm, the deck is already stacked against you. You can find him on the web at evannappen.com or follow the link on the Gun Lawyer resource page. Evan Knappen, America's Gun Lawyer. You're listening to Gun Lawyer with attorney Evan Knappen. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thanks again for listening to Gun Lawyer Podcast. I really appreciate it. And it's great we can get the word out. We can give you good information and try to beat this media suppression that we see all over the place. You know, the algorithms and all that stuff. They're just stopping the information you know, any way they can. So at least here, by listening to Gun Lawyer, we can try to get the word out. We've we got things coming up and more challenges to face of course because now as the 
um, debacle in Afghanistan and the border crisis and all these things affecting the Biden administration, well, guess what? We better have some more gun control laws because what better way to divert attention from all these failures? So I believe very shortly, within the next week or so, supposedly we're going to see Pelosi pushing a gun control package, I think uh, at least consisting of the a bill for the so-called Charleston loophole, which is another bunch of garbage, but essentially making it so uh, Nick's can uh, delay you for 30 days because they can't seem to do their job effectively, so you should pay and suffer. And who knows whatever else they're going to put into this. So that is uh, out there pending very shortly. And as soon as things come out, we'll be talking about it on the show. But uh, that's why you need to listen and make sure your friends listen. Please subscribe. It's important to subscribe to Gun Lawyer. And you'll just get the shows for free automatically. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Well, I want to tell you about another story I know about. And that's how a pistol range burned down handgun range into a range and what's interesting is 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 how the fire started and why and it it, it raises uh hopefully your consciousness about something else to be aware of at ranges you know when you're in an indoor range there is no smoking now you may say well what you know what was that well there's a really important reason you don't smoke in a range and that's because when you're in an indoor range, the floor gets covered with unburnt powder, powder that didn't burn when the gun is fired. And all that unburnt powder on the floor, I mean, I know that you know routinely it's cleaned up and everything, but it does accumulate, can catch on fire if ignited. So you got to be careful about that, and you, you want to be aware in ranges that there is fire danger and um, I know of a case where individual purchased one of the uh, shark bang sticks okay these are well, uh, like you see in jaws you know when 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 he goes down in the uh, in the cage and if and what the bang stick has on the end of it is actually a 12 gauge shotgun shell and when you push the bang stick against a shark it will fire the 12-gauge load in it. Now, some of you may say, well, why isn't that a sawed-off shotgun? I mean, if you have a 12-gauge gun at the end of a stick with just like a nothing little barrel that you push, and the answer is no, because the way ATF has viewed it, in the same way they look at nail guns and other things that are fired by the use of a cartridge, and that is it you're pushing it against something for it to fire so it's not it will not shoot a projectile per se out of the barrel and then travel beyond that what it is is it's the pressure of pushing it against it and then that is firing whether it's a buckshot or a nail into whatever is being pushed against so those are taken out of the definition as far as ATF's concerned, of being a regulated firearm so that you can have a nail gun or a shark bang stick. So the individual is going to go diving, and he wants to have a bang stick, and he's smart enough to know 
that he wants to uh, test it. I mean, if you're going to go down there and, you know, meet Jaws, you want to make sure your bang stick works, right? So he figures, well, uses a shotgun, maybe we'll go to the range and see if we can get it to fire, right? So he goes to the range, and you cannot test it because you can't hold it and shoot it. It's got to be pushed against something. And if you don't push it against something, then it can't fire. So the idea to test it at the range, you know, wasn't really working out. And then somebody there got the bright idea. Hey, look, if we push this against the floor of the range at an angle, that way we could have it being pushed and we could get it to fire and then the shot load will, you know, skim down the range to the backstop. Boy, that's not really well thought out, is it? So when they pushed the bang stick against the floor, they did get it to fire, and in so doing, ignited the range. All that unburned powder in a wave of flame, and just basically burned it down with a shark bang stick. So, there's something again, who would think, you know, it seems a good idea at the time, boy, not a good idea. These are problems that you see over and over now. I I I uh, I know that on a little side note, there was a little trick that I used to, which was safe, at least I believe it to be safe, that I used to do. If I have somebody come to the range and we're going to go shoot at the range and we're about 20, 25 yards away from the target and I, I'd put up um, five balloons, five or six balloons, so you blow up the balloons and you put them out there. And then I'd say to my friend, I'd say, okay, here's here's the gun we're going to use. And what I had was a Smith & Wesson Model 34, which is a little kit gun. But it only had a 2-inch barrel. So it's a 2-inch barrel Smith & Wesson 22. And it's a double action and, of course, you know, you can cock it too, but... What I said to the person is, look, you can only shoot this double action. You're not allowed to cock the hammer. You got to shoot this two-inch heavy double action pull, 22, at the balloons, you know, 25 yards away. Uh, good luck, right? It's very hard to even hit one balloon with the two-inch barrel, 22, with double action, heavy trigger pull at that distance. So they would try it, and they would uh, not be real successful at it. Then I'd load it up, and then one hand forward, pointing at the balloons, I'd go bang, 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 and all the balloons would pop. Pop, 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 pop. Just blowing away my friend like, oh, my God, how could you be that accurate at that distance with that gun, etc." And, of course, what I did was, when he wasn't looking, I loaded my loads with shot shells. You load 22 shot shells in your, for years, and you'll take, as long as one of those little teeny pellets hits the balloon, it pops. So, you know, you really can impress your friends if you're a phenomenal shot with a two-inch 22 snub-nose double action only by doing this. So that's just a little side gag you could do if you choose to. But do it safely. I have to give you the warning, but there you go. Now, uh, as funny as that is, I can tell you uh, 
a story, though, that is not funny, and it involved uh, actually a good friend of mine who uh, uh, was at Sarco. He was actually one of the top guys there on military rifles. His name was Glenn DeRitter, and he was a great guy, and it's almost 20 years ago that he died at the range. And um, he was shooting the, uh, the Lee rifle, and it's a straight-pull rifle. And unfortunately, uh, he had used uh, some reloads that were not proper. And when it comes to reloads, a lot of gun accidents occur from, from reloads. And Glenn was shooting this military rifle, and he loved doing these things. As anyone who appreciates history and the idea of being able to fire the historic guns, and you know, and 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 when he did this with the bad reload, the gun exploded. Now the the straight pull Lee is uh, not a very strong action. Straight pulls are not very strong, you know, like. The Mauser action is very strong. It locks up really tight, strong. Straight pulls were not known for their strength. And unfortunately, having this bad reload that was too hot and not proper, because it's hard to get ammo for that gun, the only way to get it is by reloading, it blew up and it exploded in such a way that the the barrel itself separated from the gun and blew feet down range, you know, uh, and uh, and a piece of metal, a small piece of metal blew out of the uh, action and it went into Glenn's head and into his brain. And that is what uh, killed him when the gun blew up. And it's, uh, it's something I think about at times. I miss Glenn. He was a great guy and and he was just said so much wonderful information about things. But here, even someone who's smart and trained and super knowledgeable can still have a problem and can still even have a problem that ends up killing themselves over a mistake like this. So you, you got to keep aware. You got to be, you really think about your actions and, and many times with reloads we do see issues and this one was uh, particularly tragic in a gun that really had unforgiving qualities about it and and weaknesses so it's just a perfect storm so beware keep your senses about you don't want to end up with injury and you don't want to end up with legal problems and lawsuits or criminal charges or loss of your gun rights and all these things that can flow from this. So when you're at the range and the time you're using firearms, keep that conscientious mindset. Can't emphasize it enough. And you see and hear about these cases and you just go, oh, if they'd only just been a little more careful or just thought it through a little more. I want you guys and gals out there to be safe. I want you to enjoy our gun rights, and I know you do, but we need to do it safely and remain conscious about all that. This is Evan Knappen reminding you that gun laws do not protect honest citizens from criminals. They protect criminals from honest citizens.
Gun Lawyer is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Reach us by emailing evan at gun.lawyer. The information and opinions in this broadcast do not constitute legal advice. Consult a licensed attorney in your state.